Okay, we're talking about technology. We live in a digital world, unprecedentedly so. Okay, every human being before us has had less of a digital world than we've had. So Christians use this thing called wisdom that comes from God to approach areas like this. And this is perfect for something that we call late night where I'm probably not going to spend 20 minutes talking about technology in a sermon, but we're going to right now. So part one, we want to just like raise awareness, get us to care and see like it's valuable to invite Jesus into this space. And here's some of the ways it's probably affecting our generation like none other. And then we're just going to talk about practical, like what should we do about that? What are some things we can start to do to take back control rather than, um, yeah, become addicted to our devices. So uh, I'll start with a story of Martin Luther King Jr. I love John Mark Comer shared with me um, at a conference I was at not too long ago. But Martin Luther King Jr., there was a moment in his life where he reached a tipping point, okay? And what I mean by tipping point is he became so frustrated in his in himself with the world that he was living in, the injustice he was a part of, that there was a moment where he went to his house, put on a coffee, pot of coffee, Put, put on a pot of coffee, sat down at his kitchen table, and just decided right then and there, I'm going to stand up for, for justice. And he, he even started writing down some of the words that would make it into some of his most famous um, speeches. And the question is, what would Martin Luther King Jr.'s life have looked like if he had an iPhone? There's a high potential that most of us are losing these critical tipping point moments in our life to our devices. Where if Martin Luther King Jr. lived in 2023, there's a good chance he sat down at his kitchen table and got his iPhone like all of us, and who knows when those thoughts would have came. Just the space to think and actually hear from God and go, I need to do something with my life besides just let it go by me. Like I think a lot of us kind of are in part due to technology. Why don't you guys give us the, the part one of like what it's doing to us and then quickly move to part two. Great. So, yeah, we're starting with just, like, four objective truths about technology. So, ways that technology has impacted our life or, like, shaped us. Just, like, four objective truths that are worth knowing if we're even going to even begin to consider of, like, okay, but what are the practicals that I could start moving towards? So, here are some objective truths about technology. The first one, and probably the most obvious, and Derek kind of already alluded to it, we're just consuming digital media at unprecedented levels like never before in our society. So jotted down some stats that I think are worth noting and that kind of like reinforce this idea. Um, But Americans check their phones 96 times a day. So at least once every like 10 minutes roughly. And then even more pertinent to you guys, Gen Zers spend eight plus hours a day online. And that's like including like work, school, and your free time. But then 74% of that free time is spent online. So it's like, your work and stuff like that, that kind of makes sense. We're on our laptops a lot, like it makes sense that we get to eight hours, but then three quarters of our free time is also spent online. So everything that we're doing is online apparently. Staggering numbers. What's number two? Number two, social media consumption is shortening your attention span. Facts. Is that a surprise to anyone? Yeah. Shortening your attention span, um, yeah, one thing that I, I've really thought about is just how distracted that we really have become with our phones. Um, I'm, I'm one of the first people that I can call out for being distracted, but man, when I think about times when I am struggling the most in my walk with Jesus, 
it is not usually the times where there's clear sin coming out. It's the times where I'm just completely, A, distracted, and B, just not thinking about God at all. And why does that happen? It's because I'm getting distracted by things down here in this world. Not always technology. I really don't use social media that much. But distraction and just not thinking about the things of God is really one of the biggest problems uh, in my life when I think about times I'm struggling in my walk with the Lord. And I, I think there's a lot of people that would relate to that. Yeah. I'll even add to, like, why that's a problem. Maybe if you're a Christian, or if you're not a Christian, you would even consider that, like, oh, my attention span being shortened is, like, that big a deal. But I think if, even as Christians, like, if the actual, like, will of our life is meant to, like, know God and to walk with him, the main ways he's given us of knowing him are, one, to actually, like, look at his, cre- at his creation, the things that he's made that show us more of who he is. But then he's given us the Bible, which is this massive book that if our attention spans are forever shortening, we're actually never going to be able to look at that thing and ponder it and meditate on it the way that God would want us to. And so as Christians, we really should care that our attention spans are shortening and the ways that that could harm us when it comes to just knowing God, which is really the point of our life. So being distracted from God is like, that is sin. So it's like, Mary and Martha is a great story where Martha's busy and she's too distracted for Jesus and she don't even have an iPhone. And Jesus goes, why are you so distracted, Martha? Don't you know that I'm with you? And we're just like all bunch of Marthas, I feel like. Okay, what's the next one? Three. Yep. The third just objective truth about technology is related to social media. Social media just isn't connecting us in the ways that it promises. So literally the name social media would give some indication that like, oh, an aspect of this is social, but in almost every way, it really just over-promises and under-delivers. In specifically two areas, I feel like that's actually deforming us rather than, like, helping us connect is in anxiety and isolation. So just stats, again, that I think are worth considering. 67% of adolescents report feeling worse about their own lives as a result of social media use. Adolescents who spend more than three hours a day on social media have an increased risk of mental health struggles, Um, which makes sense because I feel like on social media, what we're really doing is just comparing ourselves to the best parts of our our peers' lives, which that is just a recipe for hating our own life, really, and not feeling good about ourselves. So increasing anxiety, and then it's really just, yeah, shaped the way that we interact with people. It was meant to be a place where we're actually connecting and knowing more about other people's lives. Um, but I would say it's actually probably made us more socially awkward and isolated us, uh, isolated us even further from face-to-face interaction with people, which is really what we should care about. For sure. Number four. Number four, social media is designed to press polarization forward. Okay. Here's, here's kind of where I'm going to start this off. The goal of those people that run the social media things, like they just wanna they just wanna take your time. They just wanna keep taking your time, taking your time. They don't care how they do it. So they throw out these these advertisements and this this news and all these things that just are designed to keep your time, keep your attention, and they don't care how they do that, right? So really what they're what they're it, it just like tries to get something stirring inside you where you're like, man, I 
that's crazy. Uh, no matter how true or false it is, that's crazy. And I just got to go tell people about it. And I'm going to keep scrolling and keep doing this thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't know exactly what, where I'm going with it other than they're getting you to just keep clicking and keep consuming this thing and they don't care how they do it. And they're probably going to be getting you to keep clicking through um, just like these wild things, no matter how true or false they actually are. For sure. I mean, that's like literally where the money is. And so, I mean, we all know it, the algorithm. We like have no idea what that actually means, but we know it exists somewhere out there. And it's just important not to be like, yeah, disillusioned to the fact that it, ex it exists and it's literally making tailor-made realities for us to consume more and more and more of, which really just pigeonholes us into our whole world and actually gives us less of an idea of reality. And so just knowing that, yeah, it's meant to be polarizing. It's meant to send, send you down your own rabbit hole and the person next to you down to their own rabbit hole. And that actually is not helping us connect in the long run. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily an intention, but that's what's happening, right? Um, one pastor I heard put it like, we live in the age of tecularism, where we have this really unique thing with secularism, you know, that's a philosophy that's grown. And we have this really unique thing with technology that's grown. And so tecularism is the the best of the best in far, as far as like Satan being able to distract us goes because secularism doesn't get us, try, get us to try to hate God. It just wants to create apathy where we forget about him. We don't need him, right? And you combine that with technology that says, hey, here I am. You need me. You can have me. I'll take your, your thoughts and your distraction. And you go, wow, two incredibly good things that making us apathetic as Christians means I think one of the best ways we can start to live as lights in the world and as a city on the hill is if we actually just get a hold of our technology and don't treat it the way the world treats it, which is just like treat it however you want to. I really think we could be difference makers like Martin Luther King Jr. already mentioned and go, all right, God, what are you saying to me? What do you want to do with my life? Not what am I seeing everyone else do with their life? And what am I watching on Netflix that's getting me to live no differently than how I already am living? So what are some ways we can take back control? That you guys four big ways four ways we can start to take back you just control. name all of them real quick what are the four start asking questions number two control your usage before it controls you three let social media build your witness not confuse it or tear it apart and number four let community speak in Sweet. Number one. Number one, start asking questions and then listen to what wisdom would say. So this just comes from you, you got to evaluate where you're at right now. There's no way every single person in here is in a super, super, super healthy spot with their social media usage or with their technology usage. So everybody's got to evaluate exactly where they're at and how do you do that. You ask questions. One great question to ask, why? Why do I use it? Why am I searching um, or why am I spending my time doing the social media things or watching the, the streaming services? Um, just like evaluating, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because it's just like something fun to do with friends? Like if that's the case, like that's not the worst thing. Are you just delighting in one of God's um, created things that is just fun to do? Like... That, that's not necessarily the worst thing, but you can get into dangerous territory where it's like, it's just a time waster. Like I have four hours to spend and I'm just wanting to spend four hours 
doing, you know, watching whatever, um, scrolling through whatever, and that's just like a total waste of time. Um, and then there's also like, I think most of us would say, I don't want to do that. When we're sitting in this room, it's really easy to go, yeah, I don't want to do that. But then it's so easy to actually do that because we don't pause and go, how do I want to spend these next yeah. four hours? I think the whole point of this one is like, we honestly probably don't ask ourselves enough questions about a lot of the areas of our life. And so even us having this late night is like, can we begin to become aware of the fact that it is actually like creeping into our life and changing the way that we do relate to God or the amount of time we spend with him or real people in our life and can we begin to ask questions about it because we shouldn't just start with asking questions we should be like prepared to be asking questions about technology for our whole life and actually let the spirit work out in us how should I be managing it how should I be utilizing it what should I say yes to when it comes to using technology social media and what should I be saying no to that's going to be an ongoing tension for the rest of our life so start with asking questions but really the goal is keep asking questions for the rest of your life about technology. Yep. Anything else under that one or move to number two? I think one more, this, this kind of goes, this kind of transitions into the next one. Um, asking yourself, well, I, th I think a lot of us, a lot of us in here, we're, we're, we're probably falling short in three, three ways here. We're probably spending too much time in general on it we're starting our day with technology of some kind and we're ending our day with technology of some kind. And another question you can ask yourself is why am I starting my day with my phone? Um, and I, th I think there's, there's, some, there's some good stuff out there about like, man, we, what, what are some reasons? What are some reasons that we would actually start our day with our phone and I think three things are like, you wanna see what's new, what's new out there. And so often when you look at your phone, there can be, you're expecting to see good news that kinda of gets you in a good mood and there's just bad news only. Like that's a rough way to start the day. Another thing that can come from starting the day, like you're wanting to see, have I been noticed by somebody? Have I been, has something been liked? Has something been commented on? Um, who has taken note of me is like kind of what you're asking and how often do you realize no one's taken note of me and you're just like starting out this day of like, well, I don't have as much significance as I thought I had. And then that's just like a rough way to start the day. Um, or it's just like entertainment. I don't wanna start the day yet, I just wanna be entertained by my device. And you think, oh, I just 20 minutes, 20 minutes of like getting excited doing this thing on my phone but then, like, you believe that lie that, oh, me doing this for 20 minutes is going to make me more ready for the day. But actually what it's doing is just totally hollowing your mind and just, like, dumbing yourself down and just making you less able and less ready to cope with the day emotionally and spiritually and physically and in every way. Um, and so if there's, like, one thing I want to push, it's... Like if, if there's two things that everybody does here that I'd be pumped about, it would be put screen time limits on your phone and don't sleep in the same room as your phone or devices. Those are two, those are two things that I just, that'd wow. be sick if everybody here did that. JP's two, two uh, steps for you right there. You already got them. Great steps. I, I'll add a fourth one. Like if you just use it as an alarm clock, now you just happenstance, turned off your phone, saw something that you didn't even intend to see 
and boom, you're in the wormhole, right? Like, this is why we need wisdom for this area. You, it's not easy. You can't just go, oh, phones are bad. We should just not even have them. You know, would Jesus have an iPhone? I don't know. How would he use it? I don't know. This is why we need wisdom rather than just walk around like foolish people and go, let's not even think about it. All right, control your usage before your usage controls you. What, what's under this one? How do yeah, we do that? I think, well, I think even JP started to allude, it, allude to it there, like, we don't want our devices to control us. We actually want to be the ones who, who are in control of our devices. And so Derek had used a really good analogy of like, we should like be the parents of our phones. Like you can kind of almost treat your phone like it is your child. And in that way, it's like, okay, with JP's rule, it's like that phone goes to bed before I go to bed. It's not going to bed at the same time as me. I wake up before my phone and then I decide what I do with my phone during the day. I'm not letting my phone distract me all the time at the dinner table. Like there's like just set rules around it because if a child is going to flourish, it needs the direction and guidance of its parents. And so this doesn't automatically have to be like an evil thing, but like a child left unchecked is gonna be a monster someday. And this left unchecked could absolutely be eating you alive. And so you actually being the one who, yeah, is controlling your usage and not vice versa, just letting it happen to you. So you said it's put totally it to bed, you know, put it to bed, wake up before it. I think that's all good stuff. What, what else would you say in terms of like parenting your phone and controlling it are things you could do practically? Screen time limits. Amen. Guys, that's like probably the best thing Apple's ever done is put the screen time limit possibility in there. But here's the catch. You can't know your own passcode. I'm sorry. I'm not you're sorry. You're not strong enough. <laughs> I want you to grow into godly people. And the way you're going to grow into a godly person is if you don't know your passcode for your screen time limits that you have. Give that to your bestie. I, I mean, really. Sydney has mine. I, I, like, just can't get on there unless she gives it to me and then I make her change it. Yep. And otherwise, I'm just going to type in the code every single time. It's not enough of a hurdle. Yep. Um, I think another restriction is just, like, well, restriction could be a restriction, is just, like, being willing to delete apps. Like, sometimes, I was telling my D group this the other day, like, sometimes I literally, like, hover my thumb over my Instagram app, and I'm like, is this controlling me, or am I controlling it? And if the answer is even close to it's controlling me, I literally just hold down my Instagram app, and I click delete, and I get it off my phone for the time being. So just, like, being able to look at your apps and know, like, these aren't things that I actually need and being able to reevaluate literally always yeah whether they're worth having on your phone when's or not. the last time you left your house without your phone i'll wait we grew up in a generation where like we don't do that and gen z thinks they invented walking i saw that funny thing you guys seen this where like someone went on a walk without their phone and didn't listen to music or anything and they're like guys you gotta try this <laughs> and it's like that's what everyone did for thousands of years okay <laughs> But we don't even know how to do that. And we, to think it's not like doing something to us is just silly. So just try to do that. Try to like go to dinner and leave it in the car. Just you are fine. I don't need to get a hold of you. Okay? And someone in that restaurant is going to have a phone and you're going to be fine. Um, so yeah, just literally try to leave it. Like practice the discipline of control to go like, okay, a great marker that it has control over me is I am unable to do what I just suggested you try to do. If you cannot do that, it is controlling your life. If you can do that and you can start to put some discipline there, it's like you're going to actually start to control it and get some freedom from it like most of your peers are not. All right? Here's another idea. Try a binge over Thanksgiving break. Just like yeah, go like no Instagram over Thanksgiving break, which is like the time when Instagram's the hottest, 
It's like, I have nothing to do, so I'm just going to do this all the time. What if you just decided, man, because, of, because God is my God, I'm going to just go, I don't think that would be good for me. I'm just going to not do it. Or just really get strict about the limits thing. Again, I'm not, a, I'm not someone that really like, likes to draw super hard lines in the sand, but we got we to gotta think about discipline and self-control when it comes to all areas of our life, and this is one of them. Taking a step back from the practical and just back to another question. No, I love the practical, dude. Sorry, dude. You're getting... Some... We got to end this thing, too, soon, so... Only, only other thing I'll say on control your usage is just asking the question of, does this make me love God more? Like, it, it is so important to ask, is the thing that I'm doing right now, this habit that I have, is it making me love God more? And if the answer is no, there's absolutely no reason a Christian should be doing that. And so think, thinking, thinking through that question more is definitely, definitely solid. Cool. I'm going to punt number four, let community speak in. So if you're... Don't do that. Yeah, no, just do kidding. that. Do but I'm just, I'm just like in. saying, talk about it. yo, do that. If I had, everyone look at your screen time right now and then tell your neighbor. Just kidding. You don't have to do that. But you should be comfortable doing that. Hold each other accountable, set some goals for yourself, but talk about number three real quick, and then let's be done. Yep, so the third way just to take back control is, I mean, first of all, even to realize that social media, your presence on there is actually saying something about you and the way that you follow Jesus, and so our third point here is just let social media actually be something that builds up your witness, not something that confuses it or ends up tearing it down. There are, like, ways we can use social media or even things that we can promote that we really should just probably think twice about of like when you're promoting one single post on social media you are actually promoting what that entire like page Friday or whatever beers, is about Egypt that's all I hear when I it's like Egypt rules that's what I think when <laughs> I see Friday to your beers sermon. yeah, yeah. Very pharaoh good point. is the king sorry but that's a Not great sorry. point it's like even something like reposting, I mean, just Bloomington example, like Kilroy's on Kirkwood. It's not like bad if you as a 21-year-old go to Kilroy's on Kirkwood and drink in an appropriate manner. But like know that when you're reposting Kilroy's on Kirkwood, to the average person, you're actually promoting a bigger culture of just like drinking in a way that actually is not honoring to God because that's what a place like that is actually about. And so just yeah. like becoming aware of like what am I actually promoting even if I don't think about this thing in that way. Even if you did it with the right heart intention, like social media doesn't allow people to know you intimately. And so it's much better to like share the sort of stuff with people that you know versus creating questions. You don't want your social media to create any questions for someone that's following you about what you think about Jesus. None. So everything you post should be above reproach as a Christian, in my opinion. What else? Yeah. La last thing I'll add is that as Christians, we want every single part of our life to reflect what we believe to be true about God. And so something as silly as social media, that's something that can speak volumes into what you actually believe and speak volumes into what Christians, um, like how they, how they act, how they're supposed to walk with Jesus. And I just, I, thinking back to fall conference, Troy talking about uh, clear conscience, having a clear conscience. Like, what if everything on all your next salt company, instead of me preaching, we just had your social media profiles up on the screen and everybody looked at them? Like, how or looked at what you were looking at on social media, too. Well, that, you throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, like, 
How, how would that make you feel? Like, for me, I have a clear conscience because I've gone back and I've deleted stuff. I'd just be embarrassed about a stupid picture I posted at a football game with a popcorn bucket on my head. That's the only thing I'd be embarrassed about. But other than that, like, what if you had a clear conscience with all the things you're looking at and with all the things that you've posted? And I think that's something that's definitely worth striving towards. Yeah. Bree, would you pray that we could get a grip? I hope that you just take something from this and just just start somewhere. Just dig into a little bit. Try to use some wisdom in this area for you. I don't know what it is, but you are so much better off letting the Lord have the first and last word in your day than your telephone. And I hope that, yeah, you just take a step in this area that would move you towards Jesus rather than apathy uh, away from him. So, Bree, would you pray and we can be done? Yep. Yeah, God, I want to thank you. Um, yeah, for the fact that in Christ, we now are actually freed to just live a life of flourishing, and a life of flourishing is totally possible um, with technology. Um, we know that, yeah, as followers of Christ God, everything is technically permissible for us, but not actually everything builds up, and so I pray that we would have a new lens, a gospel lens in which we look at, at technology. Um, yeah, would we actually be able to um, see it as a tool and a gift used to, um, yeah, follow you better to show more people um, what you're like and what you're about. Um, but yeah, would we actually be able to be people who are, yeah, bold in our faith to be even different in our online presence, um, to just, yeah, be people who do have a clear conscience before you um, in what we're looking at and what we post and um, what we promote, God. Um, pray that you would, throughout our whole life as technology changes and it's going to change God would we be people who always look to you who desire to walk by your spirit and yeah ask questions about the things that create that are created um yeah that we're not actually making them into idols um, but that we're thinking about them thoughtfully and using wisdom and discernment um yeah and how we approach them so yeah entrust that to you God and ask that um for everyone in this room in Jesus name that we pray amen Amen. This was 20 minutes on a topic that's going to be the next 20 years of your life that you should think a lot more about than what we just did. A um, couple great books, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Love y'all.